everybody, and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. Connor, I'm here with Mike this morning, and we are really excited to be with you again. After uh, five weeks or so of some guest episodes, you're back to just uh, plain Jane here, just Mike and I. So, Mike, I'm going to pass it to you, and you can introduce our topic for today. Well, good morning, and uh, today's topic is a sobering topic. It's a topic that we hear a lot about nowadays, and I'm going to frame it this way. Uh, We're going to look at the idea of what do you do when someone is wavering in their faith to the point that they think they might want to leave the faith? Hmm. And can they stay or can they go? Should they stay or should they go? Okay. Yeah. And the idea is this, and I'm going to frame it this way, that there are a lot of people today that would say, you can be a Christian and not believe the resurrection. You can be a Christian and not believe the Bible is authoritative. You can be a Christian and you fill in the blanks. Right. We hear a lot about deconstruction. We hear a lot about ex-evangelicals, people... uh, jumping overboard and abandoning ship. And I'm concerned with how the church responds. There are some who respond like this. We don't know why it's happening, but surely it's our fault, and we don't know what to do. There are others who respond, well, they never were of us. They went out from us. They weren't of us, and that's the way it goes. And I think... Bringing those things together and saying, how do you engage relationally in a conversation with someone while still upholding solid biblical doctrine and orthodox Christian truth, the the word rightly handled? How do you handle that word accurately and engage someone who is wanting to jump overboard, you know, from the ocean liner? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great question. I, um, Mike, before I wade in with anything, I'm just curious, what are some of the guiding passages that come to mind for you on this one? Like I'm immediately thinking of the first John passage that you mentioned, people going out from us because they weren't of us. I'm thinking of the end of Jude, you know, trying to trying to save people, pulling them out of the fire. What are some mm-hmm. of the guiding passages that come to mind for you? Uh, the same the same ones as you, but I would I would start with the the idea that Every passage of Scripture that speaks of the authority and veracity of Scripture and the truth of Scripture must be firmly held first. And everything that speaks of the, the, the perseverance of the saints, the, preserver, the uh, preservation of the saints, if you will. Yeah. Um, 1 John 2, 9, 19, of course, they went out from us, but they did not belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be revealed. Yeah. They weren't. Yeah. But you've got to start before that and say, you know, we've got to handle the word accurately. We've got to realize that, uh, as 2 Timothy says, we should study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen who do not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to realize that the scriptures are powerful, that they are inspired of God, that they are able to make us wise unto salvation. And that's where we've got to start. So when we have people going away from that, we have to, we have to realize, did they ever believe that? Mm-hmm. Do they believe the gospel? Do they love Jesus? Why? You know, you've got to ask some questions. Why are you leaving and all those kind of things? But I think what happens often is we, we coddle the questions to the point where we ignore the truth that needs to be told. Hmm. Right? Let's yeah. say your child is misbehaving. You say, oh, I, I'm sure 
I'm sure I understand. I'm such a bad parent to live with that, of course, you'd be acting up. Hmm. And I need to change my ways so that you will feel better about your acting up. I just think that doesn't do anybody any yeah. any any help. You yeah. Know, any no, good. That makes a lot of sense. Right. What you, you kind of mentioned the spectrum that people would be thinking along. You know, some people are saying, hey, people are leaving and it's all, you know, kind of resting on the church. Exactly like you're talking about with that parent. You know, oh, it's my fault. I'm not what I should be. No wonder you're so frustrated. Mm-hmm. Well, people think about the church that way too, right? Oh, the church is so, you know corrupt or there's so much abuse or there's so much lack of understanding so no wonder people are leaving and on the other side there's this refusal to acknowledge the validity of anything that people Mm -hmm. are saying how do you see like where's the line between those two things where you maybe find some intersection would you say there is validity to what people are saying are there are there ways that you feel the church could be stronger in our teaching our witness that's that helps young i mean there are just so many younger people leaving the church now and not Mm -hmm. that that's Mm-hmm. novel the bible tells us to expect that people would leave um mm-hmm. you know people who are false converts but it's happening at such a you know significant rate that i don't know like is there what, what's the validity of what people are saying in your mind mm-hmm. and then where where do we need to just come in and say no that's not valid i think it's always valid for us to examine ourselves and i think it's not just young people that are leaving the church old mm-hmm. people are leaving the church as well mm-hmm. and the question is why and usually it's to blame the church for some reason Right, And I would say that if the shoe fits, my dad always used to say to me when I was younger, if the shoe fits, wear it. Yes, uh, Jesus said very clearly, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. If our love is waning, if we are showing a a bad witness, if we are um, pulling the rug out from underneath our gospel witness by our bad behavior, absolutely. Like Peter said, look, don't suffer as an evildoer. By no means. You should not do that. Yep. And so, of course, but I think if the first answer is, what is the church doing wrong? We're missing the point. Mm. Yep. Because the truth stands. The balance is truth first. The foundation is the word of God and the truth of scripture that is unbudging. The grass withers, the flower falls off, Isaiah 40, verse 8. But the word of our God stands forever. We, on the other hand, uh, are necessarily unfaithful. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And so if you're looking at, at the example of the church and someone are going to say, well, that's all I can see. Well, no, you have the word of God. Hmm. And if someone is going to reject the word of God, you could be the perfect church. You could be doing everything right. right. You could be pleasing everyone, blah, blah, blah. And still they would reject the truth and find a way to blame the church. People have to take responsibility. What I love is when someone is consistent and they say, you know what? I don't believe the Bible. Yeah. You know, I can work with that. That's an honest right. assessment. Right. And and plenty of times I might say, and, and by the way, some Christians have hurt me. I'd say, welcome to the club, right? We are yeah. not perfect. And I that's not to excuse any bad behavior. Uh, we need to be repentant in our lifestyle and in our mindset. We need to be walking in repentance. We need to be always seeking to please the Lord. We're not living for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again on our behalf. So right. I think the balance there is truth first and our witness absolutely matters and we do need to examine ourselves to see if we are walking in the faith. Yeah, no, I think it makes. I think that makes a ton of sense. Another thing I'm, that's coming to my mind is it's just helpful to think about like what's the spirit of the age more broadly outside of the church. And mm-hmm. part of the spirit of the age is definitely anti-authority and anti-institution, right? Mm-hmm. Almost to the extreme. You, you, there's at least I, mean, I can't think of a time in history where people were more against the idea of an, of an outside authority coming in 
to tell to tell them this is how you have to live your life. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is who you are. You have to fit in such and such framework. Well, our yeah. culture just resists that in the most in extreme way. You know, right. And the battle cry of the age is, let me you know express my inner you know psychological self to to the maximum degree that I can, and then I'll truly be happy. So the mm-hmm. church the church is necessarily going to butt up against that in a massive way because our proclamation is Jesus is Lord. You're not your own anymore. And, and I think that, I think part of the reason that people can have such a hard time with the church is it's necessarily an institution with authority and it's people. Yes. But it's also, it's people who submit to a common Lord and submit to a common uh, testimony in scripture and Mm -hmm. are governed by even elders who practically can get into people's lives and say, Hey, you're, you're living this way, and this is not in alignment with Scripture, and the spirit of the age hates all that. Yeah. Absolutely. And let's do this. This is a short podcast this time. We're just going to bring it down rather quickly, more like like a helicopter landing, okay? We're just going to come on in for a landing. <laughs> but let me just say two things about what we're talking about. One is leaving is sad. Leaving is sad when you love the people that are leaving. But if the person leaving is trying to draw people away to themselves and to their point of view, you have to protect the flock. So there's that. Now, I want to take us to the the same passage we started with, really. It's 1 John 2. And let's start at verse 18. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. People that are against Christ, people that are, are not with the church. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might be plain that they are all not of us, that it would become plain. It would become evident. It goes on to say, but you have an anointing by the Holy One, and you have all, no- you all have knowledge. Like You know the word, you're indwelt by the Spirit. Mm. And he says, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Then he says this, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. And I would just say this, there are plenty of people who are trying to deceive the church into thinking, it's all the church's fault. You don't have a message that's true. You're propping yourself up on your own good works, and your good works aren't good enough. And our answer is, absolutely not. Uh, We're not propping ourselves up on ourselves. We're we're, we're standing on on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, risen, and coming again. And of the Word of God that that lasts forever, that the eternal Word of God. And you're absolutely right that we can't do it by our good works. And that we want to please the Lord. But at at the end of the day, we cannot make anybody believe. We want to love all people. And we want to appeal to them with the gospel. And then let things go the way they're going to go. Right. And trust a sovereign God. Yeah. Amen. Um, thanks so much, Mike. You know, as we're talking, just other ideas are coming to mind, probably for both of us. Maybe we could do a part two on this at some point, because I just feel like there's a lot more to, to talk about. I think maybe a part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Probably so. I think we <laughs> yeah. should do that. 
Yeah, there you go. No, it's. I let's mean, it's just, just go on this topic for a well, while until we exhaust it. Let's just. I mean, think about just from the perspective of parents. What parent isn't thinking about? You know, look at I all know. these kids who are leaving the church. What's going to happen for my family? How can we encourage families? You yes. know, how can we encourage if any? You know, high school, college people listening to this. How should they be evaluating their own life? They're just like the practical application is huge. Oh, absolutely. How about marriages where uh, a middle-aged man pushing, you know, mid forties? leaves the faith right and what does his wife and kids yeah. do yeah I've, I've seen this a number of times yeah and so it's it's a it's a it's a, it, it makes our hearts sad it's grievous but we do serve a sovereign god who knows all things and i praise god he holds all things together by the word of his power yeah amen jesus really is lord he's reigning he is the king over his church and there's such comfort in that everybody listening thanks so much for tuning in we love you we pray for you we will talk to you next week on the podcast. Have a great day and God bless you.